0: You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Everybody, you call us the robbery! I you, fucking pissed moans! I'm all about to shoot every
1: motherfucking last one of you! Who's Who do you think is the best lyricist in musical history? Hmm, mm, that's tough. Um, you know what though that It is a tough question because bare naked The best lyricists yeah, Aren't brown. always the best singers Well, you, uh, uh, like yes. Bob
0: Dylan is a great lyricist Neil Young We were Neil talking Young about that Last is a week great though. lyricist Our Maiden Heaven Is this episode um, Yeah Bob Dylan definitely But the best lyricist Slash singer hmm. Who's the double threat Oh who can do both mm-hmm. uh, Is it cliche to put Ed Sheeran in there <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
1: Yeah it is That's very cliche uh, uh,
0: Let's see Who does I mean like I'm kind of Half kidding about bare naked Ladies, but uh, their songs are, they're quirky, but if you listen to the The lyrics. The whole universe was in a (laughs) damn dark state. (laughs) Yeah.
1: We built the pyramids. (laughs) Science history. (laughs) People people think they know that song because they know the pyramids part.
0: (laughs) It's like um, R.E.M.'s. End of the world as we know it. We all know the Leonard Bernstein. (laughs) Leonard Bernstein. (laughs) That like, the end of the world as we know it is like R.E.M.'s
1: La Vie Bohème. <laughs> like yes. they just kind of keep rattling shit off, yeah. and like Ugh. here's a bunch of stuff that sounds cool, yeah, that we all like. To days of inspiration, playing hooky, making something out of nothing. The neat. Okay, so listen to our Rent episode. I think the be- it, dude Sarah had never seen Rent. No, oh. uh, and they have the live, the Fox Live version. Yes. It's on Hulu now. Oh, and so we watched some of it, mm-hmm. and I was all right, like immediately not feeling it. You're like out. It's okay. So it's they they did it in the round. So there's audiences all around them, and. They're, like, while they're singing their songs, they're going around to the audience and, like, high-fiving them. No. And I'm like, mm, don't do that. No, that's not what this show is about. They've never
0: really involved the... Yeah, first of all, <laughs> very uh, yeah, it, it's very AIDS-heavy tragic
1: tale. They changed lyrics. And then, like they kept in mucho masturbation. Like I really thought, oh, <laughs> they're changing the, the lyrics so that way it's more family friendly for TV. But then there's Jordan Fisher going mucho masturbation. I'm like, okay, well, dude, safe harbor, know, right? No- <laughs> After nine
0: PM, you can say that. <laughs> you can say mucho masturbation. Lots of questionable material in that for a, a for a, a general audience. audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was an, it- Fox an interesting. Fox has always been thing. a little edgy, though.
1: It's not your, yeah, it's not your dad's case. Yeah. They're cable talk. so <laughs> they're so edgy. The the network that brought you married with children. <laughs> um no, but we were like 3 songs into it and Sarah's like, "I'm really not feeling this." Had she was she I'm familiar not, with no, Rent though. No. No, she yeah. never So I was like, "Well, baby, here, watch this instead." And I started like breaking down what I felt like the Fox live one did wrong. Oh. And then uh and then we watched a little bit of the movie. Oh. And even that, because the movie still did some shit better than this did. Wow. Uh, and so we watched the same number. We watched La Vibo again in the movie version. And even Sarah was like, yeah, better. It, it's better. Like, it makes more sense. She's like, I still don't think I dig this story. I'm not really understanding what's, like, why I should care about this angel character. Yes. what the, What the fuck does this mean? Today for you, tomorrow for me. What is it? And I had to explain. I'm like, well, what she's doing is she's saying, like, I'm giving to you now, and then later you'll have to do something for me. But Angel's actually a really good character. Like what she kind of demands of them is to come together. Uh, right now, so, so it's kind of it's
0: <laughs> run <right> now <laughs> over you. So uh, so yeah. So we watched a, a little bit of the rent, confirming uh, my suspicions about that uh, that play. Maybe maybe yeah. just past its time. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah,
1: I think I think it's done. Kinda like how I think eventually Hamilton will hit that point Absolutely. where where people will be like, eh. I feel like we're almost there, really. Dude, no. <laughs> we're not No, a, we're not. We're not at peak the Hamilton fucking, yet. The Dallas Summer Musicals uh That's has true. completely sold out. That's true. Uh if you want to buy tickets, there are still single tickets available It's like five, six hundred dollars. <laughs> yes.
0: Like what the fuck you're five, six hundred dollars. Any show being that good for no. me to drop that kind of kick. And
1: then they just announced that Fort Worth is gonna be doing it at Bass Hall, which is a much better venue. Uh but still I'm not paying those prices to see I didn't pay that to see the show in Chicago. You're, yeah. Now, to be fair, I didn't pay anything <laughs> to see it in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Because that you was, taking their that own was date. on Fauld's yeah, I was Fold's date. I <laughs> <laughs> was Kevin Fold's date. Uh Did you have to put out while you were No, there? I still feel like I should do something really nice for the guy because oh, man. I, 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 my biggest fear right now, Joel, is to find out that I had it wrong. <laughs> that like because the the understanding that I had was like he, he wanted someone to go with. Okay, he had already yeah. bought like the airfare, he'd already bought this, that, so he just needed someone to go with. He had someone else, but they backed out. And I was like, well, I'll I'll go. It's like a sitcom scenario. And so like I I took care of like, you know, the Uber rides while we were there and stuff, try to take care of like, you know, some of the meals. But he took care of like a, the big ticket items he took care of, and I never straight up asked like Hey, dude. <laughs> do you uh, what do you expect from you, me? What do you
0: do you need a um, someday I will ask you for do you a need favor, a
1: blowjob? Because I don't have the cash. <laughs> so do you, I mean, what do you need? A handy uh, ass, cash, or grass? I know, right? I don't have the first two. <laughs> looks like we're a lot of bubble gum, <laughs> uh, or the second two. Yeah. I do have ass. I don't have <laughs> cash or grass for miles. Yeah, for my. Um, yeah, so uh, whatever, whatever. So Sarah. I don't think has any interest in seeing rent. Long story short, too late. <laughs> uh dude, saw the Lego movie 2 hey, over so the did weekend. We. Yeah, what yeah, did you think? Let's do a little mini review. Okay, wait. It, it, Spoiler. Uh, let's, let's give it a let's give it a rating from 1 to 10.
0: Mm-hmm. In on 3. 1 2 3. 8, eight and a half. Okay, there we're, you close. Go. Yeah, we're close. I think so too. It wasn't bad. But you know what what do you put, give the first one? A 9 a 10? Yeah, I give it a 9. I think so too. That's a why I've nine. got it like right underneath. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a good sequel. I thought it It, was much better than I was expecting it it, to be. Same here. And I was really afraid, if we can get into mild spoiler territories, although not really, because if you've seen the first one, you know uh, that third act reveal where Uh they break the fourth wall. And what? There's humans in my Lego movie? Yeah. Uh, I was afraid that they were going to, that they felt obliged to do that again. Uh Uh-huh. And they did. They did, uh, and that's why I gave it kind of... Oh, you, you took points off that? I took that. points off for that. I actually gave it extra points because I was impressed with what they did with it. But the thing is, I knew, like, just seeing the, the, the trailers... Did they show them in the trailers? No, they didn't show
1: them, yeah. but seeing the trailers, like, it was the Duplo blocks versus, like, the Lego characters. Oh. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is going to be between the... It's a sibling rivalry kind of you thing. You called it already, that's huh? what's, Yeah, I mean, it mean, kind of set the... They they set it in motion right, right at the I, end of the first movie. But I didn't
0: know they were going to bring it back into that live action world. And literally the same family. We've still got... We never see Will Ferrell, but we hear him off, we off hear screen. We hear him off screen. We learn where, uh, honey, where are my pants? <laughs> comes from. <laughs> pulled from real life. Dude, were, uh, do you think that little girl and that boy are really related? They looked a lot alike. Potentially. I mean, she's... Not great enough to have been related to him. Yes. <laughs> I mean I'm not talking about acting chops. I'm just talking about like how she physically looked. I I didn't really pick up on that. They could have cast anybody, but there is a shot in there of the because by now the same kid who was in the first one, he's grown up, right? It's been a few years. Yeah. He's uh, going through puberty, it's clearly. Been five years to be yeah, exact. There you go. <laughs> uh and uh, yeah, he's he's shot up in age. He no longer looks like he does in the first. Although there is a shot of him as his younger self from the first movie that was probably, obviously, captured at that time. Yeah. But he interacts with the little, with sister. The little sister. So I'm like, oh, is, there, is this some deleted scenes that they pulled from the first movie that now they're able to repurpose? Or is there some digital trickery going I on? a little or digital trickery. They maybe used a shot and then uh, got and a stand they cut, in. Yeah, they cut to another angle.
1: Yeah, and you just see the hands uh-huh. and the arms of the boy. I didn't really appreciate the fact that this one was a lot more musical than the first one. There are, uh, yes, there, are, there is a musical forced. number. There are two musical numbers, Th- there really. There are three musical numbers in that movie. What,
0: are you counting the credits? Well, no. Okay. Um, there's there's three. Um, you got the one that uh, Queen sings. Yeah. Queen. Whatever one be. Whatever one Whatever one be. Whatever one be. Whatever be. Whatever be. Yeah. Um,
1: and, uh, and then there's the... Uh, this the song is going to get stuck Holy, in your... Yeah, that one kind of... <laughs> See, the thing, but it does. The thing is that the Lego the the second movie mm-hmm. relies way too much on the things that it didn't expect were going to be popular about the first one, like all those characters. Well, that the they characters, all the characters, but also everything is awesome, and the fact that everything mm. is awesome did get stuck in people's fucking heads, and it's almost like they, they were a little too self aware with the second one, whereas I'm like. Man, everything is awesome, is catchy, but it's also a good tune. Like yeah. holy shit, there's two different versions of it and both of them are pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah. This one, I like Jean LeJoie. I think he's a great songwriter. I loved his YouTube videos that he put out like a decade ago. Is that him? Yeah. Oh. Uh but I just didn't find these as catchy. Or is fun?
0: Uh, I agree. Um, uh, lyrically clever, though. You want to talk about some some yeah. fun lyrics? The song that the Queen sings about how she's not evil. <laughs> just playing off love all that of the. I it trumps. turns out like it's truly. She's truly not oh, evil. Uh, real spoilers it now. Just,
1: everything was like, <laughs> it was like that that bit of what was it? Kids in the hall. Whereas there's this guy who like talks like he's being sarcastic. Oh right, but just his tone of voice. Literally. But he's actually being sincere. But he just comes off as sarcastic to yeah. everybody.
0: She's like, "You guys are really bad communicators." <laughs> um, but the, ba- the banana guy was amazing. That's <laughs> yes, nice amazing. new addition. <laughs> but what you're saying about uh, feeling forced? Yeah, all of the characters. Um, you know, the, the spaceman, mm-hmm. uh, Unikitty, uh, even the pirate. Like, I didn't yeah. think they were big enough players in the first movie to warrant bringing them back when they just kind of have bit roles. Like, it really could have been just Lucy and Emmett um, and maybe one other
1: character... I, I like Unikitty. Kind of... I like the, the I addition too. of Unikitty. Okay, so keep Unikitty. And I loved when we met her at the beginning of this movie where she was this, ultra like, kitty. ultra kitty. Yeah, That's great.
0: And it's Alison Brie, so why not? <laughs> yeah, you're a little biased. I, yeah, I am. Um, but, uh, yeah, they they felt the need to bring those characters back, and they don't really have too much to do. Like, really, if you took all the lines and, and all of the things that those characters do, mm-hmm. you could really roll them into one.
1: The new characters are way more interesting. Agreed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rex. I love... Uh... Fuck, Chris Pratt... Doing his Rick's best, dangerous. Kurt Russell impression. He is right. Oh, for real, dude! You can totally t- hear the. Uh, <laughs> the I like to think that, like Chris Pratt was thinking back to Guardians. I think 2 he, I absolutely think going, oh, that's. Oh, I'm totally doing Kurt. Yeah. I'm
0: totally gonna do his voice. And he's doing it. That's right, kid. And the fucking uh, velociraptors. <laughs> oh, Mike! They was steal the show. <laughs> Without even saying uh, a line, all subtitled. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but did you see that coming? The fact that his he had
0: kind of that the uh, in, the reflector material on his vest, just like Emmett did. In retrospect, uh, I should have, but uh, no, I was kind of caught up in. I mean, that movie just like the first one just moves a mile a minute. Yeah, it goes quick, and you don't really have time to think about those things. Like I'm, I'm really focused in trying to make sure I'm because I'm already laughing over lines. Like I know I missed. of the jokes there. Oh, for sure. Because, Joe, I don't know if you know this about me, but I have a loud laugh. Yeah.
1: People tell me. I have a loud laugh, too. Uh, I also repeat something if I think it's funny. Yes. And I hate it. I know it's a a horrible habit. We've done that since we're children. Yeah, but like if something really makes me laugh in a movie, I'll laugh and then repeat it out loud. Say it out loud. Or if it's a movie I've seen a million times, I'll... Say it
0: before it. Oh, I know. Happens Oh, I know. I've left. seen uh, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim with you. I've seen Transformers the movie with you. God damn it! Spaceballs. What I, else have we I seen? Try not. No, we, I I do it too. I get caught up. And that's what you're supposed to do. That we're we're reliving our uh, our memories, our yeah. childhood. But not a bad movie, man. Like no, really I don't good.
1: understand why it, it it didn't perform well the first what? week at the box office. The Lego Movie. Yeah, it did it not?
0: No. No, it, it did horribly the first week. Inter- up against what? I don't know. Uh, glass, probably. <laughs> There's not really a lot glass. going on. I'm did you go see Alita? Uh, you say that like I had plans to go see that Alita. No, no. I, I don't feel like I'm the target audience for that. No. Film. <laughs> uh, well, I <laughs> because did, I have pubes.
1: I did go see uh, another movie. Actually, I don't. Have on Valentine's Day.
0: Oh. Uh, I was so originally... Oh, by
1: yourself? I was gonna, yeah, I did. Yeah, by myself. <laughs> No, it's true. I was going. Romantic- I had talked to Sarah about taking the day off, about all, both of us taking the day off and going and kind of having a whole day together Aww. and then going to dinner that night. The day did not work out the way I thought it was going to. Mine didn't either. Sarah ended up going to work. Aww. And so I had uh, a meeting. I did a, a phone meeting for work real quick. And then when it was done, I was like, well, I've got a few hours before I have to pick Harper up from school. So I went and saw, I was going to go see Alita. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was going to see the Lego movie, but then I realized, oh shit, no, I'm seeing that with uh, she some wants people on that. Sunday. Okay. Uh, so I went and saw the new Liam Neeson movie, Cold Pursuit. Oh yes, Taken Four, dude. That's everybody. No, it's not Taken it's Four not. because you got Taken, mm-hmm. Taken Two, mm-hmm. Taken Three. Then you have uh, Nonstop, which is Taken in an that's airplane. Basically, you've taken also four. got uh, the commuter. Which is Taken on a Train. Oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. God damn, he's cranking these he's, movies. He's, he's doing all this stuff. And so then uh, he you've and, got... He and Nicolas Cage have a bet going on? <laughs> he have got this movie, which I thought it was going to be Taken on Ice. Um, mm. And it kind of starts that way. Yeah. Where he plays this uh, snowplow driver in a small town outside of Denver. So cliche. I know, right? <laughs> he's married to Laura Dern. They again? have a son. And uh, again. <laughs> no, okay, so, yeah, he plays a snowplow driver in a town outside of Denver, mm-hmm. and his son works for the airport in this small town. His son ends up getting murdered by some guys that are trying to move some drugs in. Oh, no. So, obviously, Liam Neeson's like, who killed my son? I'm going to find the men that killed my son. Is he a black person? And so, No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> I'm going to wait and the next black person I so see... So you didn't tell me what that story was a few weeks ago. Well, you know, back. I didn't have Sarah all... Sarah ended up explaining it to me. I-, I didn't have all the facts. Oh, okay. So I didn't want to speak out of turn, but... So we were
1: talking about it and she told me, she was like, yeah, I feel really bad about what happened with him. I was like, well, what happened? Joel teased it and then I never got to know. She's like, yeah, so he was on a radio show and he had said like one of his friends got like... Raped. B- raped by a, a black man mm-hmm. and he had said at the time I was so angry." That I would hope that a black person would come out of a bar while I'm walking down the street, so I could beat them up. Uh, and but then she said he followed it up with, "I know I was in a very bad place yes, at the time, obviously and that I was, was wrong. wrong to think those things. Yeah. But that's where I was." And I was like, really? "Wait, so he said like I know I was wrong to feel that way. Mm-hmm. I'm opening up right now about just how I felt. That was his I know it's wrong. It, that's his mistake, but God damn it, people! Like what the fuck? This man? is the
0: same things with James Gunn. Yeah, I mean, this is something he he had thought he had done things long ago, long apologized for them. Liam Neeson maybe, he was telling this story as somebody who had uh, recognized that uh, that was a, a bad frame of mind yeah. to be in, and is was opening up as being very honest. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, so you, there's no room for that in today's so society. Apparently, up.
1: it's so far. So back to this. So it starts off where he's hunting these people down, trying to kill them. Mm. Uh, and then it finally hits that this isn't like any other Liam Neeson movie that you've seen Hmm. because um, he's not some ex CIA operative, you know, who's now trying to avenge the death of his son or Mm. find his kidnapped daughter. He's a snowplow driver. (laughs) So he's bad at killing people. Oh, fun. He's really bad. uh, This first person he's trying, he chokes him, chokes him. They're in an elevator, chokes him. And then like leans back, takes a breath then suddenly the guy starts coughing and he's like oh shit and like starts I gotta stre- keep on choking and it's funny like it it adds an element of like a dark comedy to it oh i like that the problem is that only goes so far mm-hmm. and this movie's over 2 hours long ooh why yeah no it goes way too long then like, in the third act, we start introducing new characters mm. and new plot twists. Never good. And I'm like, this is where we need to start wrapping things up, man. Like, why? And I know people said that to me about my Lone Ranger show, where, like, they're like, this is where you need to start wrapping things up. Nah. You can't introduce a Transformer. But I'm like, That's I didn't do it like how this is being for, done. for laughs. Um, But, yeah, it goes on way too long. And I walked out, and I was like... It started off pretty good, but I wonder what happened. And I looked at my calendar and went, oh, yeah, it's still February. Like, this is where we send, like, the movies to <laughs> yes, die. Yes, so, the graveyard. So, I was like, ah, okay, yeah, that's that's what's going on here. So, Cold Pursuit, some dark comedy elements to it, might be worth a watch, uh, but don't pay full price in a theater to see it. Just wait till it comes out on. Don't it. be a Joe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know what? That, that, I mean, that's a good rule of thumb <laughs> just, for any time. Across the board. Not just not just now dude i'm sorry i'm like all kinds of weird and whacked out uh about 30 45 minutes ago mm-hmm. my blood sugar was at 320 holy shit dude do we and need then, to do we need to stop no, recording no because then 10 minutes ago mm-hmm. my blood sugar was at 68 which mm. was way too low so supposed to fluctuate i was getting that way, it? i was getting jittery and shit oh shit, shit. Are you all right i'm do okay to, now we'll i'm at an rolling? even i'm at an even 120 right now oh, okay okay i wish i could say that about my weight but oh. i'm at an even 120 this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. My Schull. And this is where we come to talk about movies, sometimes a good movie, sometimes bad movies, no matter what the case. Every week we will try to watch a movie and then come back here, talk about it with each other, and invite you, our lovely uh, Editing Bay listeners, to take part in the discussion. Go to Facebook.com slash Editing Bay or just in the search function, put in the Editing Bay. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, click on that, and that's where you can talk back to us and let us know what you think about the movie. And if you've got ideas for movies that you'd like for us to watch, in the future, you could put your suggestions there. And yeah, this was your. Pick. I almost feel like this was your Valentine's Day redemption <laughs> movie, as well as uh, an homage to Albert Finney. Yeah, not really a rom com
0: though, not a traditional love story, but a that.
1: romantic movie. Very romantic,
0: watched. and yes, very some some, some sweet moments, and um, and a, a feel good movie to the end. Um, and gosh, ooh, I'll I'll be honest, it got a little dusty. When I was watching it, I, uh, dude, I cry my fucking eyes out. <laughs> I was that we- final scene. Yes, I cry my fucking eyes. out. I was out. wearing a, a non-absorbent sweater, and you, usually when you cry, like it's absorbed by the cotton that you're wearing. Yeah. This one was just like all the way down to the jeans. Man. Oh yeah, it just looked like I wet myself that's, after that's watching come. Big Fish. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? <laughs> that's what that. Is. Well, Owen McGregor is quite handsome and charming in this. Yeah, doing his horrible southern best southern accent. accent. Well, for a, a Scotsman, horrible southern accent. It's not
1: bad. I'll tell you. Man, British people doing Southern accents, <laughs> yes. is something that annoys the piss out
0: of me. The scene with uh, he he shares scenes with Helena Bonham Carter, and it's like, who, what, what foreigner can feign the Southern accent will the worst? <laughs> is she British? No, yeah, is she? Oh, she absolutely. Is? You ever heard okay. her talk? No. Really? I always in thought interviews. she was. I always thought she was Madonna British. Oh, right, just fake. Yeah, no, no, she really. Uh, because she's really good. At, yeah, like, she dissolves like in into Fight the Club, roles. Her character in Fight Club. There are a couple of lines in Fight Club, though. If you listen to her, the delivery. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's a been a little while since off. I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming soon, maybe? Uh No,
1: 2003's Big Fish, directed by Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, this movie had a budget of seventy million. Brought in in the box office, $122.9 million. Not bad. Um, It came out the same year as Finding Nemo, Lord of the Rings Return of the King, Mm. Mystic River, Kill Bill Volume 1, Monster, Lost in Translation, American Splendor, Pirates huh. of the Caribbean, uh, or Caribbean, however you want to say <laughs> it. Curse of the Black Pearl, uh, School of Rock, Last Samurai, mm. X2, X-Men United. Hell yeah. Old School, Hulk, The Matrix Reloaded, and The Matrix Revolutions, mm. and Bad Boys 2, and movies that we've talked about that came out that year, Daredevil, nope. Bad Santa, mm. and Love Actually.
0: Oh, look at that. Yes. What was the number one song in 2003, A lot Joel? A good movies. Let's see. Two, mm, uh, 2003. Uh, is that uh, Nora Jones, maybe? Come away with me? Did you we learn a lot about what your musical taste <laughs> what are, I was listening to in 2003. As opposed to what
1: the number one song is at the time. Well, it's probably no, some Backstreet Boys It was bullshit. not Backstreet Boys and right. it wasn't Nora Jones. Mm-hmm. It was 50 Cent uh, in the
0: club. Should have known.
1: Yeah.
0: It's by the time I got off the train. Oh no.
1: boom, 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 bonch
0: it's your birthday. It's shorty it's your birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck is it your birthday. <laughs> there you go.
1: Dude, I went and saw this movie on a recommendation. I know I didn't even see any trailers for it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was very uh familiar with it. I'm I'm sure I'm sure you Upon were on release. Uh but yeah, a friend of mine had recommended the movie and I was like, "Well, fuck. I guess I'll go check it out." Had no idea what I was in for. Didn't know it was Tim Burton. Didn't know it was a Tim Burton movie. Hmm. Didn't know it was a Tim Burton movie when I left. I like it was really? so bright and colorful that I was yes. like this is that probably Tim
0: Burton. The un-Tim Burtoniest uh, Tim Burton movie. Yeah,
1: and and the moment I walked out, <laughs> I called my father. I was oh, like, "Oh, I know." I got to call. And then, oh my god! Not realizing that it would be my mother that I would lose first. But I did the exact same thing. I called my dad, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Dad, I just want to talk and see how you're doing because <sighs>
0: <sighs> I, feel, I feel like every moment is precious." <laughs> We can talk about the he's weather.
1: Like, he's like, "Have you talked to your mom? Like, why do I? Why would I have to talk to my mom? You know, why, why should oh, no. I talk to her? <laughs> it's not what mo- the movie I just saw was about. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Lange is fine. <laughs> no, so uh, yeah. so yeah, it it was a movie that impacted me really deeply, mm-hmm. and just it was it was an interesting way to tell a story. I agree. Um, it was it was fun. But it's got some problems, you know. Now seeing That's it again, we're talking about it, seeing it again, it, it, it does it does have some problems. What what is your story when you first experienced this movie? I,
0: so I I had heard about it in theaters, but Tim Burton was kind of at a, a hit or miss point in his career. Now, well, you, know, you could say he's still there. When did that Planet of the Apes come out? I think that preceded this was... film. Yeah, I thought it came up before this did. Right, and that's when everyone was Not long before. No, I think like 2000... I think it was 2002, 2001, 2002. 2001 was the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes. So yeah, I think uh, this is the film he did directly after that. So understandable that I wasn't excited, and probably a lot of people, to see another Tim Burton film. Why it would end up being the sleeper hit that it was. Exactly. Well, and sometimes that's what it happens. Sometimes you gotta take a big fall, like Humpty Dumpty, to put yourself back together and refocus. And this is... Probably one of his most successful films. Yeah. Like, I I want to say top five Tim Burton movies. Sure. If you're putting the original Batman, I put Edward Scissorhands on that Pee-wee's list. Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Uh, that one may not make my list, but I haven't re- revisited I that it in a movie. while. I don't, I don't know if, know if it was a commercial
1: do. success, like in the theaters, but... Mm. Dude, I love that. Fight.
0: Beetlejuice. Oh. Beetlejuice. There you go. Um, Sweeney Todd. No, just kidding. <laughs> Listen to our Sweeney Todd episode from, gosh, about this time last year, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, I forgot he did Ed Wood. Remember that one? Yeah. Johnny Depp. <laughs> Remember that one movie he did with Johnny Depp? That was. I think that's where the love affair with Johnny Depp started. Did you think that, uh, oh, you know what? You just put the nail uh, on the head. Hit the nail on the head. <laughs> The nail on my head because you said <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean came out this same year uh-huh. that's probably exactly why Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp was not in the playing movie. the role that Owen McGregor plays that yeah. totally would have been Johnny Depp he was busy would uh, it have been, though? being a gay pirate from
1: what I read uh, the, instead of Albert Finney uh, this movie went through a few different treatments and originally it was going to be Spielberg directing it oh really and he like had some change that he demanded he wanted the uh, he wanted the writer to go back and rewrite the movie for some uh, specifically for Nicholson Jack Nicholson was going to play Edward Bloom. Ooh, that's great recast. Yeah. Um, and it belongs to Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. But but then uh, they were still, after Spielberg left the project, he ended up telling them, he's like, guys, I'm sorry. I think I made a mistake having you change some of those things. You should probably make, change back. those back. Go back. Uh, but we can't do it. Uh, DreamWorks isn't going to be a part of it. Um, but you should probably still talk to Jack. So they were still going to have Jack Nicholson do it. And then I guess for some reason, Nicholson was like, you know what? I'm going to do something else. He started working on another movie. Maybe something's got to give or something. Yeah. Uh, and they ended up uh, trying to find actors that would go with each other, like that look like, resemble one another, like Albert Finney and Ewan McGregor. Uh, they do, don't they? They do. They, they do resemble each Especially other. Especially
0: if you look at old photos of Albert Finney. It's, for it's sure. Something in the mouth and the nose.
1: You know what, though? I'm trying to imagine Jack Nicholson playing this role. And the problem is, like the whole time you'd be watching this movie, you'd be in your head going, "Look at Jack Nicholson." That's Jack Nicholson. Look Nicholson. at Jack Nicholson. Exactly. Whereas Albert Finney, yeah, sure, he is just as successful and just as talented an actor in his own right, but he transforms into this Edward Bloom character.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have the baggage too that maybe a Jack Nicholson would have, and he's one of those character actors where you recognize him from a lot of stuff. You recognize him from. I know him from the Born Identity movies. Yeah, he's I in know a him few from any you know, his daddy, daddy, Warbucks. daddy Warbucks. That's right. Also, um, together
1: uh, again, what was the other one
0: that we mentioned?
1: I'm richer than Midas. <laughs>
0: oh, uh, Aaron Brockovich, who uh-huh. I, I believe he won the Oscar for, and Skyfall nominated. Yes, We've that's right. About this. You always bring that up. Yeah, uh, but James Bond's e- Home Alone, even though you recognize him, you're not like, oh, it's uh, like nobody, he's not a household name, right? Or wasn't, I should mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Rest in peace Albert. Finney. Uh but not until this movie. Then suddenly people, at least the people in my social circle, were saying the name Albert Finney a lot more yeah. after this movie came out. He's great in this. He's so charming. He nails his character uh from the beginning. He pulls off the uh the Southern accent, the Alabama accent, yeah, way better than you and McGregor does. <laughs> well, you know he's starting off with an American accent, right? Let's
1: also talk about the chemistry he has with Jessica Lange. Oh, the, the moments they that share they together share are so genuine when and she powerful. Crawls
0: into the tub with him uh-huh. when he's I'm drying out. I was drying out. <laughs> That's the only Albert Finney I can do. And she, her reply to that is, "I don't think I'll ever dry out," meaning I'll never have enough tears. Yes, those tears will never it's cease.
1: So, ah, oh, so touching. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we want to talk, like extend through the cast, um, I like Allison Loman. I don't. You don't like her. I think Alison Loman is the weak link in this movie. Interesting, really. Yeah. I thought
0: she was really strong she, with what she had she to do. She
1: seriously has like this hundred-yard stare. No, constantly. Uh no, when I, she I think breaks Billy, down when Billy she finds Crudup, up, I think is really great.
0: Yeah, he, I was surprised with him too, because he's usually kind of like a zero for me. Uh-huh. Like he's he's
1: I loved him in Almost Famous. I me, thought he was really good in true. that. He's great I liked in that. him in Watchmen as Doctor Manhattan. I thought he did a good, good job. role there. But the problem is with Doctor Manhattan, it doesn't require a whole lot of empathy or emotion. <laughs> yes. And it's almost like, oh, there's something he could do. Yeah. Kind of like Malin Ackerman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she <laughs> that, that whole film. But uh, but he's real. I f- I find him very sympathetic, while also frustrating in this movie. But not frustrating in a bad way. Like I understand his journey. I'm
0: frustrated with him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And I, I think he plays all of those scenes right. It's a, it's a it's a good balance between, you know, having respect and obvious love for his father, but sure. also this lifetime of being frustrated and and um, hearing all the same stories over again. And he knows. He knows what the beats are, and you can see, you know, that one scene when they're sitting at the dinner table, yeah. And his new wife, uh, Marianne
1: Croutear, who I think is just fucking a- amazing in this. I role. didn't
0: realize. Uh, w- apparently, this was like her first real like Hollywood film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't remember her. I didn't know that was her. Uh, seeing it originally, of course, now from Inception and uh, every other. Chris Nolan film, basically, yeah. That that the bad Batman movie. So it's now, you, now you recognize her. Now I recognize her, and then just going back and seeing just what like life and all the little moments, all the little looks. Yes. Tim Burton is really disciplined in this film, and I think it's a compliment to say what you said that it doesn't feel like a Tim Burton film. No. Aside from some of the more fantastical elements, and of course the the, the costuming, uh-huh. um, this could have been this could have been directed by a Spielberg. Sure. Um, did you, you, so now you recognized Maria Cotillard. Cotillard.
1: Did you recognize
0: Miley Cyrus? Oh my God! Yes! Holy shit! Jenna pointed that out. There's a scene with the little kids. Uh-huh. When, uh huh. When a
1: little bit of a To Kill a Mockingbird feeling yeah.
0: going on, mm-hmm. as they're they're these kids. It's young
1: young Edward Bloom and his friends. She's got to be like eight or nine. Oh in this. my! God. But you can totally see it. You see that face, the, man. The, the little, little rat teeth. Uh huh. <laughs> and they they go see the uh, they go see the witch. The witch, the one eyed witch that's played by uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Mm-hmm. Dual roles for her. It's uh. You know there's a lot in this movie that makes you think uh there's a there's almost like a a Greek kind of tragedy sort of DNA that goes into this movie mm-hmm. like the way that the stories are told and the imagery and almost what things maybe are supposed to represent, like going to see the witch i felt in i'm I'm probably reading way too much into mm-hmm. it, but trying to think along the lines of Edward Bloom as he's telling these stories, he's trying to tell his son like these very basic things but he's giving it a fantastical twist. Right. Now just to go back to the, his son thing. I understand like the frustration of like I never really got to understand I never knew the real story behind things. Mm-hmm. I just feel like kids don't kids aren't like that. Like I think that young William Bloom would have probably been you know, really entertained by his dad in those stories,
0: and and they allude to the fact that he was, but it wasn't until he was like ten or fifteen, and then See, he started I feel to like realize ten is still too young. A little to young. Be like oh, I'm done with this. But when you start getting made fun of, when you start feeling the social, the peer pressure, uh, when when you realize that oh, your dad is kind of a a charlatan, like uh, maybe he's stretching the truth a little bit, and you're finding out the truth not through that source, not through uh-huh. your hero, you're learning that you're your role model is a fake. Yeah. I could see how how that would flip in your teens. I,
1: I guess. I just... That information made me want to see more interactions leading up to it, like in the flashback sequences, mm-hmm. more interactions of like, Dad, just tell me what really happened. Yeah, You know, let me see some of that before we get to the moments where things are starting to break down. Not that those scenes don't work in the context of this movie. Yeah. Like, they still work where they have their like, Dad, you couldn't just fucking tell me. You just but i wish i could have seen a little bit more of a build in that respect uh but getting back to what i was originally going to say there are a lot of things that he he talks about that edward bloom tells in his stories that i i feel like are supposed to be uh you know uh, metaphors for other things mm-hmm. like visiting the witch and how like he and his friends saw the way they die in her eyes mm-hmm. like that that's supposed to represent like something happened that night where he recognized his own mortality. That was the night childhood ended. Mm. And mm-hmm. and I'm like, instead of telling his son the boring story about like how he realized, you know, his his childhood was done, he realized that someday he's going to die. His mortality, he gave him this like fantastical yeah. story instead. I looked behind the witch's eye and uh-huh. saw my own future. The uh the story about going to Spectre the first time where mm-hmm. he, he joined the James Bond villains. <laughs> uh, no, that, that he went to Specter. Differ, Specters, spectre, that whole deal with Specter is very confusing to me because, like, they're like, "Oh, you're you're here. We were expecting you, but you're early." Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay, and and so you originally get this idea. At least if you're if you were thinking like I was, that he's dead. Yeah, he died. So is he trying to tell Will at some point like he had a brush with death? And hmm. he was too early, so he couldn't stay. That would have been great, but the Jenny character actually exists.
0: she's a real person. we find out later on so
1: yeah. is it that he also played by Helen? He met this young girl that he had feelings for, and the fact that he had feelings for her and almost stayed mm-hmm. would have killed his future his like, relationship with his uh, relationship uh, yeah. with his wife. He mm-hmm. wouldn't have had his son, yeah, so that was his brush with death, where he showed up too early. Uh, and he, he couldn't be with her then. And then he came by later after she had already married. Yeah, it was too late. It was too late at mm-hmm. that point. Um, but it was like that paradise. Like at the beginning, it was like that look that it seemed that relationship with her could have been perfect. It could have been that could have been perfect, but that would have been settling. And so he couldn't settle. Mm-hmm. He had to move on. Then he came back around when it was like, oh, OK, now I see the, the seams and, and I see, like you know, the cracks in the facade. Uh, I don't know. Like that, it's it's all these things that these stories make me think of. That I'm like, uh,
0: what could this mean? It, you know, is there yeah. a deeper meaning for this? Very thing? open to interpretation. It's hard to distill what this film is about. What is the main theme? Is it a father son theme? Which I, I there's a definite father son story there that plays in heavily, but it does it really leans on. And we, we hear it with a Robert Guillaume character, who's the doctor who's re- reoccurring. I love loved his bit that he That had, one his... scene that he has where um You want to know the real story yeah, of when you were born? This whole story that Billy Crudup has been told about how, you know, he shot out of his mom's the JJ down the hall. Apparently had no umbilical cord. No umbilical cord. <laughs> uh and was going through the legs of the doctors as he's sliding on the on, on the ground. And then later when we find out, you know, when when Robert Guillaume was the doctor who delivered him, is telling adult Billy Crudup, Oh, actually, it was a 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It was a fairly easy labor, you know? Mm-hmm. Your father wasn't there, but... Um, that's, you came a week early. You came a week early, yeah. yeah. And that's the story of your birth. And he's like, I, but I... If it I would, was me, I'd have picked the fish. I'd probably know, <laughs> yeah, that there was a wedding ring in a, inside of a fish. Mm-hmm.
1: I love the cadence that... Albert Finney had when he told the stories because he had the same thing when he's, he's talking to Maria Cotillard about yes, the, parents like, the parents in the Congo. And, and he's like, you know, no, not just that, but about like, you know, uh, a bird came to me and said, your aunt's going to die. And, you know, I, w- I told my parents, and they're like, don't worry, it's all fine. And then I woke up the next morning and my aunt had passed away. Mm-hmm. And then the bird came to see me <laughs> again and said, your daddy's going to die. Yes. And I told my parents, and my parents were like, don't worry about it. There's nothing to worry about. But my father looked like something in you know, st- someone had stepped over his grave and he'd been watching behind his back all day. And he came home and he was like, I had the worst day. You wouldn't even believe it. And my mother said, if my day wasn't any better. The milkman died. <laughs> yes. Like just the fact like it's this very sincere and very honest and stoic delivery of this, which is the ultimate dad joke. You know, uh, like yes, it's, absolutely. It's an amazing joke and it hits because of that delivery, because of that cadence that we've become used to. The only time where it gets a little weird is when it stops being Edward Bloom's story, and it's when Jenny is telling the story.
0: That happens a couple of times. Yeah. Um, th- there's a point where I think even the, the mother takes over telling the story early on. Yeah. Uh, and so we hear, kind of hear different narrators talk about... But they're all recanting the same tall tales that uh, that he has told them. Not a short one. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. I dig it, man. I
1: dig this movie. You know, there there really isn't a whole lot. I mean, there there are a few things here and there, very minor uh
0: uh observations and criticisms, but overall, this is a strong movie. Still holds up. It does a good job of balancing the two kind of different storylines because it's very easy to and I found myself upon rewatching I remember the the scenes taking place in present time with Billy Crudup Maybe being the least uh, interesting in the film. Of course, mm-hmm. when I saw it, you know, I was in a different place. And it's yeah. like, oh, Tim Burton. Hey, look at, Here's Danny DeVito as a uh, circus leader. She's out of your league. <laughs> Doing a much better accent. Maybe. Maybe, than else. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. You've got the twins, the Siamese twins. You've got all these um, elements that would make up a, a traditional Tim Burton film. The kind of visual eye candy that, that draws you in. But the second time around, like, the most dynamic scenes for me were the ones between the father and the son. Yeah. And, and old Albert Finney telling these stories to his new daughter-in-law. This is Albert Finney's movie, man. But what a perfect way to kind of celebrate his life oh, and yeah. death. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, he, I mean, but he shines in this movie. He really like does. He carries this thing. Not that it he needs to, because you've got a lot of competent, a lot of strong performances. Mm-hmm. But he is so good, so compelling, mm-hmm. that the fact that, like, that you can feel the way you feel by the end of this movie, you know this amazing, the amazing story that he's told about his life. But the fact that you know he had touched so many people, and that ultimately his son finally gets it. Yeah, that fucking part, like <laughs> it goes end. from being goofy and funny to like, let's get out of here. Right, and they dri- they're driving out of the fucking. But, how but when they sweet show that- up at the riverside. And Billy Crudup is holding him, and they
0: run down, and everyone is there. All the people from the stories that he's told, the Siamese twins, like, the Giants. I, just, I, I yes, lose it. That's I, when it starts. Be,
1: and I think it's because, dude, like, isn't that what we all want? Yes. The, isn't that what we all want? exactly when, what I said. When we go, we, want, we just want people to like... And I think one of the strongest visuals of it is as they're rounding the corner and coming over the hill... And everyone just starts bursting into applause,
0: and and you see the POV from Albert Finney's POV as he's walking past, and the yeah. giant is giving him the thumbs up. Yes, and uh, the the Duke, soldiers
1: they go by the soldiers, the soldiers, and they all salute him as they go as he goes and, uh, by. Steve
0: Buscemi, there we haven't even talked about him as the
1: poet, who I think is actually Edward Bloom's Tyler Durden in his stories. Mm, interesting, I think Edward Bloom robbed a bank.
0: Well, <laughs> interesting, yeah. I think he
1: at, at least attempted to rob a bank.
0: I like that because yeah, when when he shows up, Inspector, early on, and uh-huh. uh, so what's the name of the poet that uh, Steve Buscemi's playing? Oh, North- North- Northern Winslow, Winslow or, something like, or that? something
1: like that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, when they're dancing and he just kind of shows up over the guy, <laughs> <Dude, laughs> he's spinning yeah. around, jumping <laughs> around in the background <laughs> like an idiot.
0: But I love that uh, that that he's he's gotten stuck in paradise, and he he can, he's a poet, but he can't write the fourth line. Yeah, roses are red, violets are blue. I love Specter. I love Specter. And then that's it. <laughs>
1: But there was something kind of ethereal about him that like maybe it yeah. seemed like maybe he wasn't even there.
0: Except that we, we do find out that he was a real but person. we do, too. yeah, when exactly. We, so we kind of have the two funerals, right? We uh-huh. have the, the the imaginary one that right. Billy Crudup is telling his father. And that's great. The, the last 15 minutes of this film is just like waterworks because mm-hmm. all, these, all these years, you know, he's been tired of his dead stories. He doesn't feel like he knows him. And now he's finally kind of coming to understand. He's like, maybe the stories he's, are more interesting. It was his way of communicating.
1: Well, not, and not just that. He's getting to write the final
0: chapter he's, of his father's he's, story. He's taking over the mantle. Yes. And I can kind of see a future Billy Crudup and his son or the, daughter. I mean, they
1: even show that at the end where the, his kids are playing in the pool. That's right. And he's like, Dad, wasn't it this? And he's like, yeah, I think so. Like, yeah. it's
0: carrying that, on the big he, fish he stories. He gets it.
1: He gets it at that point. Yeah. But yeah, that he's... He's getting to help his father write the final his chapter father of the His tells him, like, how does it end? Yeah, right? how do I go? Yeah, how do I go? Oh, my and God. And he's like, I don't
0: know this story, Dad. And he just encourages him to tell it anyway. And the, the Albert Finney line where he's like, story of my life. Yes, and like, uh, oh, dude, God! But you're dude. right. What you said, like that's that's what we all envision. That's what we all want mm-hmm. to to see. All the people that were in our lives that we touched that touched our lives, yeah, be there at the end and to give us that us that thumbs up, yeah, that good job. Yes, you did great. And then when we have the real funeral, and that's when I get chills too, because he's realizing as. We see Danny DeVito show up. We see the giant. We see the Siamese twins, but they're not actually connected. They're uh, just and the giant isn't as big as no. He yeah, everything's you know? a little more mm-hmm. realistic. He was drawing from reality, telling these stories instead of just flat out making things up. Right. And you, you, the look in Billy Crudup's eyes as you see him start to recognize these people uh-huh. in uh, th- that he'd only heard about in Tall Tales. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. The, um, who was it that um, that Josephine? Points out like they're sitting there at the at graveside, and she looks over and sees someone. I can't remember who it is. I think it's the Siamese twins. Is it the, oh yeah, it is the Siamese twins because they're sitting there and they're talking,
0: and you see and them side where, by side. They're side by side, and, then and one of them Steve walks Buscemi away.
1: Shows up and walks away with one of them. Yeah,
0: and you realize oh they're they're two separate folks.
1: On IMDb, somebody marked that as a goof. They're like oh <laughs> great they messed that up, and someone corrected them. They were like. No, dude, think like, that was intentional. They were supposed to show that they weren't actually conjoined twins. Oops!
0: Well, first time somebody said something embarrassing on the internet. Then <laughs> turns out, mark your calendars, folks. There we go. Uh, the uh, probably the last time, though. You talked about the Danny DeVito thing,
1: and uh, when he in the movie where he turns into like a werewolf or whatever. Yeah, and I, I love the metaphor that that is because uh, Albert Finney uh, accompanies it with this line. Everything we thought as wicked or evil were just lonely and lacking of social niceties, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, like that—that is—that is perfect. That's a perfect way of like, you know, t- telling the story. This illusion of, you know, yeah, I, I could just say, yeah, the guy was kind of rude and he was he was um, uh, he had no patience and he, he had no time for niceties with people. Instead, I'm going to tell it as he was a werewolf. He was a wolf that I had to tame. You know that. Mm-hmm. That's so much more color. Like Robert Guillaume said, like I would rather have I prefer that. prefer that version. That would be a gr- that's a great version. What, what else? What else do I have on this? I really don't have a whole lot of notes because I ended up finding myself watching this movie yeah. instead of taking notes on it. I just straight up was watching it and falling in. in love with it all over again. It's, mm-hmm. It's a really fun movie. It's it's unlike any other Tim Burton film, not just visually,
0: but just the pacing of it. He he really kind of restrained himself. And and I and if you go back and watch Tim Burton movies, he's not really he doesn't always do a lot of flashy camera moves. He's mm-hmm. he's not showy. He's showy in the sense that he has good art direction and and builds these incredible sets yeah. and costumes. But his camera work is really Really kind of basic, Uh you know? He's not doing a lot of uh, 2000s things. Um, And it's kind of refreshing. It's kind of refreshing to kind of just see a wide shot and be able to soak in almost like a stage play instead of... um, you know what a, what a Bruckheimer movie would do oh my god you know, clearly somebody with a leaf blower standing off blowing <laughs> the leaves and the lighting is just so perfect and it's like eh.
1: and like the, the camera's on a pulley system and it's <laughs> yeah. swinging around everybody exactly uh,
0: so i respect it on on that level i think it was it was tim burton really kind of hunkering down wanting to tell this story not wanting to put his fingerprint on it too much yeah. i'm not sure if it, if that was his request or maybe the studio who was financing it mm-hmm. uh, something a little more for general audiences but I think it works. Yeah, I think maybe coming off of a big Planet of the Apes or Mars Attacks, where he has all these moving parts and special effects, mm-hmm. and just was able to tell a really sweet story and, and get has, down to the heart of it. He
1: has plenty of special effects in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of CG. There's plenty of practical effects going on in this film. There, there's enough for him to play with. But then there's enough of like just the basic storytelling, the the DNA of like just a strong story that carries you through. Uh, you know, you talk about the visuals and how haunting they are like the fact that we come back to Spectre like three or four times in the course of this movie, yeah. whether you realize it or not, and I, I know you probably caught every single time, but like the fact that we see it when he goes uh, as young Edward Bloom, mm-hmm. when it's all grass it's and there's no road, mm-hmm. then he comes back and a road has come through it and all the buildings are dying, yep. uh, and then we come back to it again. Eventually we come back to it and that's where Edward is buried. Did you catch that? No. Uh, okay. The church at the end of the road. Mm-hmm there the, it's the long stretch of road it's the very final scene that very final funeral scene long stretch of road church but the graveyard I, there's just no buildings lining the side
0: we thought so because um that same river that he is his he uh, he's uh-huh. placed to rest in yeah is the same one he's walking along when he discovers it the first time uh-huh well yeah that makes sense yeah and that, that's that's crazy you yeah. know it's it's so it's so funny
1: that like everything revolved around this place that Spectre, you know, was Spectre ghost. It's yeah. where his final resting places yeah. uh, and, and the river, like what that, I feel like there's more to the story. Like I'm really interested in reading the book. At it's this based point. on a novel. Yeah. Um, which is about a guy in his relationship with his father. Like that was the, the person, what I mean is the person who wrote it. Right. Right. This was his, you know, his way of dealing with the loss of his father and like what was going on communication wise. Uh, and then also the screenwriter, you know, who was trying to also deal with some stuff, and I guess Tim Burton had lost his father. Oh, is that true? A few weeks before this movie was You're even kidding. finished, no, no way. So oh, he was God. also trying to like g- process.
0: Oof.
1: He was trying to process some un Man. un uh, reconciled re- reconciled emotions. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it feels like everybody was trying to like. Uh, exercise their shit out. demons, man. <laughs> yes, was, this movie was therapy for a lot of people. Well, it, it and it's it pretty be therapeutic it. still for for me. For for you, it seems like yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a good flick, man. I recommend it. I, I, I it would be impossible for me not to recommend this movie. Yeah, there's it's, not a lot to hate about it. It's everything that you want a movie to be. It's got great performances. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful. Yep. It moves at a good pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a compelling story. It's going to get you. You're gonna laugh. You're gonna cry.
0: Uh, but you're going to feel good by the end of the movie, and very genuine too. Not in that schmaltzy, it's we're, not we're too to Pull yeah. the emotions out of you with the swelling it's music. It's not the beginning of Up. Very uh, no, yeah, exactly. Very understated score by Danny Elfman, of course. A longtime collaborator, of course. You see a lot of the familiar faces. Obviously, Helena Bonham Carter is in this. Yeah, um, and Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dole rolls. Um, so a, a lot of those Burtonisms, but uh, refined. Burton 2.0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do feel bad for one character. Hmm. Don Price. Don Price! I feel really bad Especially for him. Especially when you see the flashbacks of, you know, Ewan McGregor growing up, uh, and it just shows him excelling at all these sports. Yeah. Uh, basketball, baseball, well, first, football.
1: First off, the kid sees his own death. <laughs> oh my goodness! Because of and McGregor. Like, yeah, when they visit some, the witch. They're just being silly kids, right? But Ewan McGregor like brings the witch out, and the kid sees when he's going to die. He's yeah. like, I'm an old man. I'm not old at all. I'm not old at all. Um, and then, like the dude, we see the dude kind of get shit on throughout, like high school, like yeah, high school always football, basketball, baseball. He's always taking a back seat to you, McGregor. And then you, McGregor, takes his fucking girlfriend. He's already
0: proposed. He's already engaged. and yes. We are supposed to feel bad for for Ewan McGregor, but Allison L- Loman. Is that the character? Yeah, character's Allison name? Loman, yeah, the wife. Um, we never see her and Don together, yeah. so it's hard to kind of. And of course, until you see him beat up <laughs> McGregor later, then you're like, okay, fuck this guy. Right. But, but that initially... Seems like, that seems like such a cheap, like, we just need to get the audience on his right, side. Right, exactly. What what bad can he do? Right. Well, you know, well we don't know how he treated her. Why why did she say yes? Obviously, she, she right. saw something there in him. There had to be something. Yeah. Unless
1: it was a made-in-heaven thing where it was like... So and so asked me to marry him. Yeah. Yeah. I may have said yes. I even
0: referenced that uh, with Jenna, we were watching. I was like, what was it about the fucking 30s or 40s, <laughs> whatever it was? There? You could just like willy nilly ask somebody else's girlfriend to yeah. uh, be your, your wife. It was,
1: but beautiful visuals, man, when she opens up the window and sees every Blue in the middle of the da- She likes daffodils. daffodils. <laughs> <laughs> she likes daffodils. And she's going to college.
0: I like that. Uh-huh. That every, every month that he would work for Danny DeVito in his circus. He would tell him another uh, another fact about the woman he loved. I think one of the most
1: one of the most famous shots from this movie is the still frame shot in the circus where he first sees Sandra.
0: Yeah, and t- he said, "What does the narrator say? You, they say when you see your first love, time stands time still. stands still." Mm-hmm. But the problem is, when
1: time starts back up, it moves real fast to catch to back catch up. up. <laughs> all the cars pulling <laughs> out of the parking leaves. lot,
0: him chasing after them. It's that's very clever.
1: It's so beautiful. And, you know, you could you could point out all you want, like somebody, you know, blinking in that shot, or the ah. fact that the girl with the hula hoops was holding the hula hoop up real high in the far shot, mm-hmm. and then in the close-up one, it was so, low, so, so he, he could, could climb through climb it. Climb through. Who cares? It's, that's the interesting thing, and the fun thing about a movie like this, is that you can't get stuck on the details because mm-hmm. the whole movie is about <laughs> exaggerating the details. Exactly.
0: So it could be whatever it wants to be. And as soon as you realize that and kind of let go and just let the story wash over you, it's that much more enjoyable. I enjoyed this the second time more than the first. Yeah. Because um, it can it could be a little meandering uh-huh. upon that first viewing. You're not quite sure what the purpose is, who are all these characters. Characters show up and then we never see them again. Yeah. And it's not until that end, that culmination, you realize, oh, this is all part of a larger story that was being told the entire time and every every chapter was important in its own way sure you just have to get through that hour and 45 minutes yeah. before you realize what do you think it
1: meant that jenny lived in the same house as the witch there's something <sighs> sure that's important with the fact that he like he buys the town to f- to save the town mm-hmm. and then he fixes the house there's there's a redemption like there's there's a story of redemption that's supposed to be thrown in there like, I wonder if he did cheat on his wife. I,
0: I wonder that, too. He is almost too perfect of a character uh-huh. when we're seeing it in the flashbacks. Although it's the Helena Bottom Carter who is telling the story at that point. So she's a little more of a believable narrator than, uh-huh. than uh, Edward Bloom. Edward Bloom? Yeah, but she still tells the story as if a giant pushed her house straight. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> that could have been in Billy Crudup's head. He's filling in the blanks and, yeah. and knowing uh, how his father would have told it. I guess um, that that's the interesting thing about Big Fish to me at this point is to try to
1: decode what's going what on in the story
0: and figure out, okay, what does that actually mean? I had that thought, too, that it's a little too perfect that maybe he wasn't completely mm-hmm. faithful. Um, and he the Billy Crudup character even says growing up, you know, my dad wasn't there a lot. He was on the road a lot. Yeah. It's almost like he had a second family somewhere else. Um, like and, he didn't actually want us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you see that alternate lifestyle, what could have been... Um, yeah, I, I like that idea that it's a bit of redemption mm-hmm. um, because he, when he shows up, Inspector, everything's great, and he leaves, and it's almost like his leaving caused it to become this dilapidated. Like
1: maybe the first time he was Inspector, he did have a relationship with Jenny. Mm-hmm. Not that she was the child, Jenny. Yeah. Maybe that's we a we are led to believe. We were led to believe that Jenny was a young girl when actually she was a little bit older, old mm-hmm. enough for them to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Maybe he knocked her up. And then the pregnancy went sideways. Ooh. And that's why the fields were barren when he comes back. Oh, God. You know, well, I'm just yeah, you know, trying like to think that. that stuff. And the fact that he left her broken like that house. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, look, I need to make up for this. And so kind of helped take care of her for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that was the fixing of the town. Like trying to make right again what he did wrong. Uh, I don't know. Like, do, uh, yeah. Who's to say that's right? Who's to say it's wrong, though? But there's... There's something there, or maybe there isn't. Fuck. But that's the fun thing about this movie is that it's going to make you think, and it's going to make you talk about, yeah. well, what
0: do you think this meant? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing the same thing yeah. afterwards. It's,
1: Dude, it's it's great.
0: You'll be able to put your own shit on it.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> for, put your own shit on for it. For better or for worse. Uh, do you have any other notes
0: on this? Uh. I do not. No? What did Big Fish do right? I thought it had a pretty stellar cast. Um, yes. some, of the, some of the accents maybe <laughs> notwithstanding. <laughs> but uh, I even liked Allison Loman. I think she's strong she, from Drag Me to Hell. Man. Uh, I, I guess I've seen her in I enough think things now. better in Drag Me to Hell. Well, definitely given more to do. But I think even the moments you know, when she breaks down, when she thinks he's, he's been killed missing in action. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when she finally discovers him, the easy thing to do would have been to be, be oh, I'm so happy, and to do a 180. But when she sees him through that that uh, laundry, the, the blowing in the wind, the curtain. That's not what her reaction is. Yeah. She breaks down because of the emotion. She's crying. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the te- tears of joy, but not the obvious thing to do. And I thought I thought she did that well. Sure. Not given a lot to do. I'll give you that. Uh, I
1: think that, yes, the cast was fantastic. Uh, what I think Big Fish did right, what it did the best, I think is just telling a compelling story. Like, telling this just... We see so many movies... That just get that basic bit wrong, that like they just don't even have a compelling story that it's almost like it starts with an idea of like this would be a cool scene to film mm-hmm. and then try to build a whole thing around it, whereas this was like, and I think it's the fact that it it's something that came from the heart from both the original writer mm-hmm. from the screenwriter, from the director, mm-hmm. like everybody had a a connection an emotional connection to what this movie was trying to say and so they put their hearts into it everybody involved even Allison Loman, <laughs> they put their hearts into this movie and and it, it almost feels like because they did mm-hmm. the cast did as well mm-hmm. and then you get that performance like from Albert Finney like God this damn. really just heartfelt and raw and emotional performances you know I I love the bit with him and Billy Crudup and he's like what do you want me to say Will who do you want me to be? Yeah. And Will's like, I want you to be yourself. But the fucking thing is, he is. Yeah, he's like, I'm That's telling you, this
0: is who he is through my prism. But
1: this you're is not life.
0: accepting it.
1: Uh-huh. You're the fucking problem. Yep. Uh, and the fact that even in those those discussions, you could tell the character of Edward loves his son so much, like more than anything. It's uh, it is such a touching movie, and I don't think there will ever be a time where I watch this movie and I'm not emotionally invested, mm-hmm. and I'm not a fucking sobbing... Me- Dude, like, I'm it was, seriously... It like, was bad. I don't, I'm not doing, like, the cool guy cry at no, the end of this movie. I ugly cried. Like, I, am, I was sitting in bed watching this on my phone while Sarah was doing schoolwork in the other room, and I'm watching this movie, and that ending starts up, and I'm...
0: <laughs> I was... Yeah, and the box of Kleenex had to come out. It was rough.
1: <laughs> like, doing that shit. It, it's it's <laughs> such a powerful film, yeah. and I think important. It's an important movie it it's it reaches that emotional plateau that very few films do and very
0: very few Tim Burton movies exactly. Do. Your life will be better having seen this movie absolutely what did big fish do wrong uh you know the the plot line the story um is a little meandering and and that's to be expected with a a story about a guy telling events of his life mm-hmm. in sequential order. It's easy to fall into, and then this happened and this happened this happened. And not having that context until you get to the end of what it all means and mm-hmm. how it all fits together, it going through that journey while all of the stories are are um, entertaining in their own right, you you don't really see how the pieces are fitting together um, until. So, it, it requires the audience to have a little bit of faith, yeah, in, in, in a director who maybe has spoiled some of that goodwill, sure, uh, in some of his other films. Plan of the Apes, listen to you, <laughs> uh, listen to her Plan of the Apes episode oh, from a couple of years ago now. Not the reboot Planet of the Apes. This is the I still need to see that last Oh man, it I, is. I it's seen a it. hard watch, but damn, is it? Yeah, need to see it's it. Got to complete myth. that trilogy. Sure yeah. is. Um. So so that's the that's the main complaint that it it uh it takes a while to show its hand.
1: Ewan McGregor's accent is <laughs> uh, for first off. Ewan McGregor's accent is what this movie was really. I guess part of part of the development and building of the Edward Bloom character, like, I kind of got sick of hearing about, I was just too ambitious for the town I lived in. Mm-hmm. I was just too big for this little town. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I get it, man. Uh, and just some of the flashback stuff, like going into, into Korea and, like, you know, uh, d- taking out the uh, the guys. I did. You know what? I'm criticizing it, but now that I'm thinking about it, I really kind of loved that fucking scene where he shows up in the tent <laughs> And the guys start doing like this fucking over dramatic, like kung fu like yes, flips, and- k- flips and shit, where they're doing flips and kicks and not even looking at him, just doing a whole bunch of shit. Yep. And then finally I guffawed. Alright, I can't even criticize that. That's funny. But I do feel like kinda of like along the same lines you said where it does meander a little bit, where you kind of you could have cut some of this stuff down. And and I think that comes from the fact that the first time I saw the movie, the most like you said, the most entertaining stuff was the flashback stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas now the stuff I'm more engaged in is the modern day, like what's happening in the present. So it almost felt like the flashback stuff is like, all right. Like I, I like this, mm-hmm. but I'm way more invested in what's going on yes, now.
0: Tell me how that pertains to the larger story we're trying to tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um
1: but yeah, I I guess that's that's it. And you know what, in the realm of what <laughs> what a movie could do wrong,
0: it's really yeah. not a sin, man. I don't even mind that uh, this is over two hours. It doesn't feel like it. it it's a quick read. It is a quick, a quick read. It's a quick watch. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> all right, so if we were going to remake Big Fish now, yeah, yeah, yeah. how would we do that? I think we'd
0: both recast nine One, different six, actors. Three, is that right? four, five, oh. six, seven. Yep, nine. Uh, I think that's what I have now. Nine. Oh, you know what? I have ten because I did the, uh, the Danny DeVito character. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't that you do, did not I do. Didn't Well, do let any. me start with him, get him out of the way. Sure. Joe Pesci. Okay, <laughs> Jenna came up with that one. That's funny.
1: Mm-hmm. I think back in the day when me and some friends we like recast a bunch of comic book movies, and I had recast Joe Pesci as the Penguin.
0: <laughs> so, oh, that's great! Yeah. So, so I feel like Joe Why Pesci not? and Danny DeVito.
1: All right, so who's next on your list
0: heading up? Uh, how about the Robert Guillaume character? He plays Dr. Doctor Bennett. Mm-hmm. Denzel Washington. Ooh, of course, yeah. man. Yeah, I got some gravitas. I went with uh, Andre Brower You know him from Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, man. Peralta. <laughs> he's so great <laughs>
1: He's really good That fucking deadpan delivery Yes So awesome uh, Alright so how about Don Price Yeah
0: he is the uh, I don't know that actor's name I don't either But I've seen him in a bunch of he's stuff the nemesis Tywin um, McGregor's character He's
1: God what was he He's like someone's ah, Fuck <clears throat> Was
0: he in Fanboys I think he was in Fanboys Let's find out Not fanning It's cool Fanboys okay. Dan Fogler Jay Bareshoff Kristen Bell Dan. Yep, David Denman There we go as Chaz. As Chaz. Nicely done.
1: There we go. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a good actor. He's a good character actor. I agree. Um, I have uh, Brandon Routh.
0: Oh, nice. I like that. Mm-hmm.
1: I went with Billy Zane. Billy
0: Zane's good. Doing his uh, Titanic <laughs> douche. Uh, all right, so who's next? Uh, how about the Helen of Bottom Carter? Jenny and the Witch. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny and the Ooh, witch. We. Jenny and the witch. Jenny! I went with the... Uh... Jenny! <laughs> Jenny! Jenny! Jenny and the witch. <laughs> I went with a Rachel Brosnahan. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Maisel. I went with Margot Robbie.
1: Ooh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Seeing some old makeup. Sure, sure, sure. Um, How about Josephine? Is that the Allison Wait? No, that's not the Allison Loman character. That's uh, that's uh, Billy credup's wife. Oh, Joseph. Oh, of course. Yeah, Josephine. The Marion would Cotilla. be played by. Uh, she played Prim in the uh, the Hunger Games movies. Willow Shields. Oh, I like her. Mm-hmm. Very good. I went with uh, Emmy Rossum. That's from good. Shameless fame. Hell yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shameless, so, Fameless. So yeah, I guess we'll go with. Do you want to go with Sandra
0: Bloom, uh, or yeah. do you want to go with Will first? Uh, no, let, let, let's do Sandra. Sandra. No. Okay. Young Sandra, Young Sandra, and Allison Loman in this film. I'm on with Emma Stone.
1: That's pretty good. Who's old Sandra? Uh, Going to be Kate Blanchett. Oh, that's okay. Great. Yeah. Uh, my young Sandra mm-hmm. is Zoe Saldana. Ooh. My old Sandra, Dandy Newton.
0: Yeah, oh, God. Wow, she is like the old version. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, done. I'm pretty proud of what yeah, I did with the, uh, the different aged people. You here. should be.
1: That's good. Uh, which leaves us three. the three left, final three here. Let's do the Billy Crudup character, then. Do the Billy Crudup character, yeah. Will Will
0: Bloom. Let's do him.
1: Uh, I went with Justice Smith. Who is he? He is the, he's going to be the lead in Detective Pikachu. Oh. <laughs> and I think he was also in, I think he was in Jurassic World, that latest Jurassic World movie. He played like the nerdy guy.
0: Okay, yep. I think that was him. I'll look up his name. Tell me his name again. Justice Smith. Justice Smith. Yeah. Don't forget a name like that. <laughs> Justice Even League. though you had to be like, tell me that name yeah, again. <laughs> Justice. I said You don't forget a name like that. That's not me. Yep, yep. there he is. Yeah. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Boom. I like it. Who's going to be your will? I went with, I had to look it up, Jogo Lev. Oh, damn. How about that? I was
1: trying to find a place to put Jogo Lev in this See movie. See him and, oh, There's always a place for Jogo Lev. <laughs> always a He's place. He's like Jello, the he human is. Jello. <laughs> there's always room it's for Jogo There's always
0: go- room Go-Lev. for Jogo Lev. I like it. Uh, here All right. we go. So Edward Bloom, young and old. Young and old, I went... Uh, young, I went James Franco. Mm-hmm. Old, I went John Goodman. Okay. I put on some weight in <laughs> that's, age, but that's still good. charismatic. Check this shit yeah. out. All right, let's hear it. For young, mm-hmm.
1: I did Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> okay. Or maybe Liam.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter. A. Hemsworth. A. Hemsworth. Of your
1: choice. Edward Bloom. hmm Jeff Bridges. Oh,
0: oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Just think of that, though. Oh, think I for want a that. Young
1: Jeff Bridges Man. looks just like a Hemsworth. And that's funny. I went John Goodman. Yeah. So you went the dude. We, we did Lebowski. I went Walter. Our Lebowski connection. <laughs> uh, guys, if you have any thoughts about Big Fish, if you have thoughts on how you would recast it, just thoughts about the movie in general i mean i know we kind of verbally filleted this movie Mm -hmm. for the past hour but if you've got some major criticisms about it or if you you know what you want to celebrate it as well uh let us know all about it on our facebook page facebook.com slash editing bay or just in that search function put in the editing bay find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes click on it that's going to take you to our little home on the internet Uh, And that's where you could tell us all about what you thought of the movie. And if you've got ideas for movies that we can watch in the future, we'd love to add them to the list.
0: Uh, We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It's not the editing bay. It's not edit bay. Editingbay.com Please go there Bookmark it Anytime you need to know Anything about The Editing Bay That is where you're going To find it The aforementioned Facebook page We've got a link to it there We also have a link To our Twitter handle Which is at The Editing Bay Please follow us there You'll always be the first To know what movies We're doing Uh, And also uh, on our Lovely website there We have a little Archive section Where you can hear All of our past episodes Because remember if you're subscribing, you're only getting uh, the most recent 100 episodes in our RSS feed. We have over 260 now, uh, this being number episode 261. Uh, also, we have a little uh, profile section. Where you can see pictures of us. Want to know what we look like? I don't know why you would. But all that and more on EditingBay.com.
1: Guys, please leave us a five-star rating and review on your podcasting app, uh, and then share it. Share the show. Uh, let us know what you like about the show. If you've got criticism, you know, yeah. you want to you tell us something that we're doing wrong, that's fine. Just make it a five-star review. Yeah. All right, no no reason. You know, you don't have to give us three stars. That's not gonna. I'm gonna turn into Jay (laughs) Baruchel. Why are we? uh... I mean, look, you can give us four. (laughs) That's not gonna help anybody. (laughs) Just make a five star review, Mm. and then we can share it and. (laughs) You could talk to people about it, and if, if there's something you don't like, tell them what your criticism is. But then tell them to listen to the show. Oh, I never get tired of it. Toothless, <laughs> how to train your podcast? How to train your Burnson? Hey, what do you think of that? Uh, <laughs> That's that, gonna be How to train. Halloween. Your <laughs> I'll be the kid. There you you be the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> huh. uh Yeah, leave a five star rating a review. We'd really appreciate that. What were you gonna say? What do
0: you think about that uh, third How to Train Why? Your Dragon movie? Why? Because what...
1: that seems like it, seeing the trailer. It seems like such a straight to video kind of thing. It does, doesn't yeah, it? It really. It's does.
0: already like a TV show, right? They've already kind of broke. Oh yeah, that. yeah. I never saw the second one, even though I hear it's good. That first one, I think, is fantastic. I just can't bring myself to watch them. But uh, yeah, the second one was pretty good. I, th- I remember this seeing third that. one makes a hell of a trailer. Like, uh, they've been showing that trailer in every movie that I've seen in the last month, I, I think. And, yeah. uh, man, I'm, I'm into it every time.
1: It is a good trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just kind of, like, I'm watching that trailer, and I see the part where, like, the uh, uh, the father character is like, Somewhere out there, there's a land of dragons. And you know what, son? I believe you're destined to find I'm like, it,
0: How did that happen? Wait,
1: in the first one, you were all about, I hate dragons, kill the dragons. Yes. Uh, and also,
0: you weren't that proud of your son. He was kind of
1: turning I out to be. I wonder if that's supposed to be his grandson. I wonder if that's like. Oh, that's not even him that he's yeah, talking to. Yeah, I wonder if it's. Mm.
0: Yeah, feels like a little retcon. It
1: does seem a little retconish, though, right? But uh, but no, that's I guess that's rent fine. it. Mm-hmm. Wait for it to come on Netflix. There you go. Perhaps. Uh, all right. So, um, what what else is there? We've uh, got. Uh, what
0: are we gonna do next week? Well, Yes, just to announce next week. Well, this was my pick, so mm-hmm. uh, the the. Ping pong ball is on your side the, the of the torch, table.
1: The torch is in
0: my hand. There you go.
1: Uh, all right. So I know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that love <laughs> anime. <laughs> they dig anime. I'm still laughing at and you th- saying there's, th- a, there's lot a lot of people, people that listen. Yeah. Uh, they dig anime. And you know what anime fans love more than anything? Akira. When American filmmakers Uh-oh. try to make movies based on their properties. Oh, that never goes well. The properties that they love. Uh, it's a losing one, battle. One such beloved property, Dragon Ball Z. Oh.
0: Ooh, yeah. yes!
1: So um, there was a movie that came out several years back, a live action film uh, starring Chow yun Fett, which was called Dragon Ball Evolution. Yeah, We're going to watch that, and is then he... we're going to talk about it. I didn't realize he was in that. Yes, he is. Uh, and we're also going to have a guest, uh, a, a friend of mine, he used to work for me at the radio station. Now we are co-workers at this new job. Cool. Uh, Tess, he is a huge Dragon Ball fan. Uh, in fact, went and saw that Dragon Ball Broly movie that was uh, released in the theaters a couple weeks back. Oh, yeah. uh, was is a huge fan of that. And when he came back and was giving me rave reviews, I was like, oh. yeah, but how does it stack up to Dragon Ball Evolution? <laughs> and he looked at me and went, dog, fuck that movie. And I was like, I'm glad you said that. You need to be on this <laughs> podcast. Because <laughs> we're going to watch that movie, and you're going to come talk to us about it. Hey, also in this film, Emmy Rossum. Yep. My recast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, next week we're going to watch Dragon Ball Evolution, not streaming on any of the major stri- uh, sites. Uh, But I'm sure we can probably find some kind of a pirated copy. You can rip Joe's disc the way I did. You didn't, though. Uh, Well No didn't I Because it was a Blu-ray Oh it's Blu-ray I don't want to do DVDs So I need you to find A copy of it online somewhere
0: Done and done Because we have to Give it to All (laughs) Alright I will send you a link (laughs) Alright sounds good Probably do this off the air
1: (laughs) Yeah let's cut this out (laughs) So guys join us next week We're going to talk about Dragon Ball Evolution Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff thank you very much sir (sighs) Joel always a pleasure Pleasure's all mine Guys we'll catch you next week